Welcome to That's Deep with Eden and Jess. Today we are reflecting on our conversation with Beth Karpinski, who is an empowered woman empowering other women. Mm -hmm. And one of my key takeaways is the way that she talked about reflecting back to women their power, their amazingness. I think she said several times, like, women are amazing. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I think the way that she says it, that you can tell that she's passionate about it. Mm -hmm. um, the way that she, her, her skills, that she can uh, help other women see it in themselves at difficult times when they don't, when they're yeah. down, uh, when they need that the most. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of picking them up and hearing them out um, and getting them to build future and create future and dream again. Uh, that was one of the quotes. Um, you know, allow yourself to dream. Mm. I, I, in those discovery sessions, in those up front, mm -hmm. she uh, probably shares her story and empathizes with yeah. and holds them up and then gets them to a place where they could say, okay, well, what are we going to do about it? Having that lived experience that she has of going mm. through it, uh, I think is huge. Um, and her desire and passion to help those yeah. that comes across so genuine in our conversation. Right. Yeah. And just her, her upbringing too, where she comes from a um, family of uh, sisters and mom who are all also very independent and empowered and empowering women um, kind of guides her ability to do that authentically as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, her story is an important one. Yeah. Uh, this one. This one stands on its own. Mm -hmm. um, this conversation for me as I reflect back on it and the energy that I got after mm -hmm. our time together. Um, coming from a household of high expectations, mm -hmm. uh, starting to raise kids with those same high expectations, likely, or carrying some of that over, mm -hmm. um, trying to identify as a, a perfect family or a perfect mother or um, kind of that picture book story, uh, and then getting to a place of failing and going through a divorce and um, managing relationship there. Right. Uh, kind of picking up the pieces after that and kind of rallying. She talks about failing gracefully mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, I think, divorce mostly, family yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had that conversation about her, about how she saw, how she wanted to portray that perfect family. And then it made me think about my own experience as a child of divorce and how I wanted to see, right? Like that perfect family yeah. and there is no perfect. Um, so embracing that. Yeah. And even, even evolving in your definition of what perfect is. Yeah. I think that's it. Mm. Um, when I think about it, this is what I thought perfect was. Yeah. Um, and being vulnerable. Um, that piece of it and then talking about how how that was the biggest her modeling um, 
that this is okay, that mm-hmm. I'm okay with this, mm-hmm. um, that I failed, that I made a mistake, um, that we can make mistakes together yeah. as a family and grow from that. Um, the life skills uh, that she's modeled mm-hmm. for her kids and her family right. come across huge as a key takeaway for me. Yeah. Um, mindset too, we talked about, she um, talks in there about how when she was navigating figuring out her own financial independence, um, she went to a particular person that um, spoke to her in a way that she she felt dumb about it, mm-hmm. right? Like she said, I felt stupid after that meeting and how she was able to flip that script for herself and say, no, I'm not stupid. Like I can, I can figure this out. I just need different support and how that was the, one of the impetus for her wanting to in turn give that support to Mm. others Mm -hmm. who are navigating that same, like, okay, now what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. She's felt both sides of it. Mm -hmm. She has experience and tells her story of both sides of it so well, I think. Of I know what it feels like to to be in this position of right. feeling inadequate or not good enough or yeah like I didn't know what I was talking about or or being made to mm-hmm. made being made to believe that piece of it right. so I think even that's that's kind of her take too is mm-hmm. um, you you probably have already have these skills mm-hmm. and this knowledge and I can help you. Um, Building up her clients to a way of saying, you, you have this within you. Yeah. Not, not yeah. I'm going to just, just be quiet and here's all of the stuff that I'm going to talk about. Mm-hmm. If you just understand these things, it's um, more than financial advice. Mm-hmm. It is. It's personal. It's, 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 yeah, she talks about relationship building. Yeah. It's believe that, mm-hmm. that you can get to a place, uh, a better place. Mm-hmm. You build a roadmap, build your future. Let me help you. I know what it's like to be down here where you're at today. Mm-hmm. Uh, or meet them where they're at. She talks a lot about that too. Yeah. 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 Um, finances not being separate from emotions. Right. Finances are very emotional. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, where, wherever a person is at financially. And so building those relationships so that people feel safe to talk about the emotional aspect of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and yes, that was a big one for me too. Like this, that it's okay. And um, especially with women, this can be, it, it sounds like this can be um, a struggle, but like that it's okay to have money. <laughs> Right? Like that it's okay to have wealth and to ask for wealth yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Empower women with that. Empower yes. everybody with that. Yeah. I think yes. both. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. Build this. Don't feel guilty about it. Um, it, it, it can be life changing. Right. And I think it's the mindset piece that goes along with that. That's mm-hmm. uh, many uh, don't get to a place where they can dream about what that feels like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, she talks about, she wishes she had the courage and belief of one of her sons. It was a quote mm. that stays with me. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked a little bit about it. Um, yeah. But I right? think she's, she's, a, she's very courageous. Oh, of course. I mean, she right? is. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and, right. Uh, and she's about to take the leap onto something big. And, yeah. And, and um, has done the work to do so, mm -hmm. I think. Right. So mm -hmm. I think it's just a matter of time for her. Um, she is very courageous. Mm -hmm. She's very courageous to share her story on our podcast. Yeah. Um, this, this message will reach a ton of people. Mm -hmm. uh, and her, her being brave and showing courage and talking about some of the stuff and sharing her journey um, is going to have huge impact. Yeah. And I think there's things that she still wants to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I could tell that there are things that she still wants to do. Um, and I think this is a step towards that. Mm -hmm. um, her being on the pod, her sharing her story, her gaining courage and confidence to do so. Um, yeah. Big things ahead for Beth, from yes. what I from what I can feel and tell based on our conversation and the energy that I got from her. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't, if do you have anything? I can talk about this episode for a yeah. while. But yeah, <laughs> uh, we we are the guest, so yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah. I think it's best just to get right into the episode yeah. and watch her talk about her journey. Yep. Yeah. So. Thank you both so much for being on, and thank you all for listening and for watching. Thanks all. Hello, welcome to That's Deep with Eden and Jess. Today we are speaking with Beth Karpinski, who is a woman who loves empowering other woman, women, and she herself is an empowered woman. So maybe that is the first question. What does empowerment mean to you? Well, let's see. What does empowerment mean to me? I think that when I talk about just that's kind of my jam is empowering women and um, I think really what I mean by that is I like to show women kind of reflect back to them what is so amazing about them mm. and help like to you know show them that they really do have the ability to get through whatever it is that they're going through and you know they're they're amazing they are stronger with the, than what they realize that um, there there is people who love and support them around them, but that they really are strong and able to get through whatever it is they're getting through. Mm. So, what did that? What does that look like for you? Kind of on a on a day to day, how do you navigate? Um, maybe daily challenges, maybe bigger, cha just life challenges. Yeah. How do you um, garner your own strength? Good, good question. Um, very good question. 
Um, well, on a day-to-day -day basis, what I do for a living is I'm a financial planner, um, but I specifically work with women, um, women who are going through some massive transition, oftentimes that being divorce. Um, but I also work with women who are in leadership positions and women who are maybe changing careers or starting a business or starting to dream about what maybe it would look like financially to um, launch their dreams mm -hmm. things like that so um, on a day-to-day -day basis I, I get the pleasure of helping helping women um, or empower them in that respect um, but from a, a life perspective and kind of how this all I think probably was born in me why it made why it means so much to me and why I get such a kick out of it and what why I get such pleasure in that um, is probably because I am one of four girls um, my family in my family I have three sisters mm -hmm. and so I just truly do not remember a time when I didn't feel um, loved and supported and you know, cheerleaded, mm -hmm. if that's a word, yep. cheerleadered yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, by amazing, strong mm -hmm. women. And, um, you know, and then being young and kind of feeling like that's the normal life, <laughs> but then, you know, going off to school and kind of going off into the world, you realize that, whoa, not every woman is like that. Mm. <laughs> There's mean girls out there mm. and things like that. Um, coming to that, like, whoa, that is a huge dichotomy between what I felt in my family versus what some people in real life can be like. Yeah. And so um, just finding uh, such comfort and um, strength in, in being surrounded by women like that has just always really made me want to um, be that for other women. That's amazing. Yeah. Talk about, talk about family and sisters. So your sisters were your support system and built you up did you have a yeah who in your life was kind of that that you felt growing up yeah you know? definitely my sisters um and my family in general i mean my sisters are like they are because of you know great parents and great family leaders right yeah. um and i think you know my parents are a really good combination of my mom being that incredibly nurturing loving human um I'm, I'm very, very, I was very gifted when it comes to the family, you know, very fortunate. And um, so she just is a really selfless, um, wonderful, caring, accepting human. Um, and my dad uh, had very, very high standards, very, very, um, you know, he expected us to be the best that we could be. But mm. he also believed yeah. that we could mm. be amazing humans. Mm. And so I think that combination uh, just created some strong females. Um, and then I think particularly being the youngest of that group of women, um, you know, like the baby of any family, yeah. it's the, yeah. oh yeah. my gosh, you're so great, you're so cute, you're so, you know, I think that I probably got like the extra doses yeah. of that because I was the baby of my, of my family and... 
uh, three older sisters to look up to, yeah. to help, to, to have support from, yeah. to be friends with. So. And we all kind of have this thing that we love to just empower other women. I yeah. mean, two, awesome. I mean, all of my sisters are amazing. Two of them actually continue on to do success coaching for women, and they run a podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's just they are... I, I'm very blessed. Yeah. What's yeah. the name of their podcast? Because we can do a little plug. Oh, the Sisterhood of Success. The Sisterhood of, Suc- yes. of Success. Yes. Yeah. Did you have an episode on them? I on? have. Yes, yeah. I have been on well, there. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you went to school for psychology uh, as a child. What did you want to be growing up? Did you know what you wanted to be growing up when you thought about kind of what you could do or wanted to do? Can you talk through that? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, I wanted to be a mom. I mean, I don't remember a time when I didn't want to be a mom. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, that's more than any kind of uh, degree or career path. I I thought of that, you know. Um, And... I think that I always wanted to do counseling. I mean, when when I was young, um, you know, the the term coaching is really a a very new term in terms of um, life coaching mm-hmm. and in uh, health coaching and all of those kinds of things. It wasn't it wasn't it a was thing not back a thing. in the day. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, the first time I heard the word coach, other than like a sport coach, um, was I think two thousand and twelve. Um, so I think I always wanted to do something in that counseling field. Um, and so I did do that was my first career. I, I uh, went to school for psychology. I started my master's in counseling. And uh, when I first got married and started a family and um, I taught parenting for the first 15 years of my life in a social work type of setting. Um, I still continue to be on the board of directors for that agency. How do you today. teach parenting? How do I teach yeah, parenting? Yeah, I'm interested in, in that. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> that is a loaded yeah. question, uh, and one that I'm still figuring out. Yeah. You know how to how to parent. You know, but um, that might be a whole podcast. Pro- provide support and resources and empower and yeah. like all of the things, right? Do you you had some curriculum though, or resources? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly, and it was very based in um, you know in social work, and so. Um, not only did we teach the basics of uh, how to how to be a nurturing human, how to discipline appropriately, um, you know, those types of things, how to create traditions and all that kind of stuff. It was also really identifying um, the factors that were typically getting in the way of us being effective parents and so sometimes that's you know mm. old family dynamics mm. sometimes that's mm. abuse issues uh drug and alcohol oftentimes played a role in that um you know just very dysfunctional family systems and generational things and so it was a lot of identifying that and helping them kind of create a roadmap for how to begin that healing process recognizing first of course and and than healing. That's incredible. Yeah, I yeah. very much enjoyed yeah. it. I, I really enjoyed it. And it, you know, like I said, I always wanted to be a parent and I thought if I do something, it'll be counseling. So it really was a wonderful initial place for me to be at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did that for about 15 years. So what then moved you from that into 
into just working with with women specifically or um, the more holistic yeah wealth counseling or um, financial yeah. counseling well and there there was a little bit of uh, yeah first I, I evolved that into because that was really focused on emotional wellness um, primarily yeah, yeah. Um, and so I continued to expand my thoughts and ideas about wellness and what that truly meant and, and kind of what a balanced approach to that is and and recognizing that um, emotional wellness was very, very important, mm-hmm. but what are the other key components of that? And I believe, you know, physical wellness comes to play and spiritual wellness, whatever that means to you, comes into play. and. Um, financial wellness comes into play and just um your sense of where you belong and who you are in the world you know so Mm -hmm. so I recognized that I was really starting to feel like there was just more I loved what I was doing I loved the agency but I was ready to kind of expand beyond that Mm -hmm. and so and that is the first time I heard the term coach being okay, something yeah. other than a sports coach yeah and so I when I first learned about that I was like that is me you know that mm. is me that is me that is me and so um I opened a practice as a holistic health and wellness coach mm-hmm. um and uh yeah and so I did that for a while and then was hired on as a coach to financial advisors Okay, sure. And so um, I was doing more business type coaching with them, mm-hmm. but of course, you know, you you can't not be who you are, right? And so, of course, you know, the emotional wellness and the spiritual wellness and all the other types of wellness kind of snuck into those conversations because I just believe it's it's um, it's the whole package. It's never yeah. just you know one thing. Um, so I did that for a while, um, and then, like I said, I, I moved into doing uh, coaching for financial advisors, and um, it was during that time that I went through a divorce myself, and um, I had the experience of kind of trying to figure out financially what life was going to look like as a single mom mm-hmm. with three kids. and. Um, you know how what does that look like i mean your whole idea of what what your dreams are and what you had always envisioned really kind of drastically changes you mm-hmm. know um and so i went to seek out some financial uh, financial planner to kind of help me with this and what i realized is that while this human that i i spoke to was a very very intelligent person um very good in the whole financial world they didn't really understand what I was feeling and going through. And I left that appointment um, feeling like I must be stupid because I didn't understand. I still didn't have the questions that I had in my heart answered. Mm -hmm. And So you worked up enough courage to ask for help. You're going through a divorce. You get there. You have a meeting and you leave in a a a negative spiral. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I truly, I mean, I truly felt stupid, like, and, you know, after stewing on that a little bit and and completely overwhelmed, I felt completely overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. um, after kind of 
sitting with that feeling for a little bit, I, I, you know, said to myself, you know, I might not know a lot about the ins and outs of the financial world, um, but I'm not stupid. I ran my own business. I have a lot of schooling. I, you know, have a lot of ex just life experience. This shouldn't be as hard as what I feel it to be right now. And so that was, I think, what kind of planted the next steps for me um, in that journey. And so I went through the divorce and I, I was holistically kind of in a very unhealthy place myself. I just was not in a good place. And I knew that I needed to, um, I was in a toxic work environment and I recognized that I could not stay where I was at. Mm. And I wanted to move on, but now I was also a single mom and I needed to make a certain amount of money and right. a certain living to be able to continue to support my family. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, it, at that point is when I decided to get licensed as a financial advisor and and really focus on helping women who were feeling like I was feeling at that time to, yeah. to really give them clarity about their situation, help them organize financially, um, and to really kind of see that you're gonna be okay, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And we can together put together a roadmap that will help you to feel like you know where you're going and what you need to do to get there. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how the, the newest chapter in my life is has kind of come along, come to be. As you went through some of those challenges, you talk about um, maybe some self-talk that you switched, that you kind of flipped a switch from um, I'm feeling stupid about this to okay, no, I'm not stupid. Um, was that mostly just self-talk that helped with that? Were there other things that you um, that you did or practiced or that helped you to kind of flip the switch to okay, I can do this? Yeah. Um, that's a really good question, and I wish I had a, an amazing answer for you, but I really think that, you know, and, and maybe I truly was stupid about all of it. However, what I did recognize is that I am not a stupid person. Yeah. Yes. And, right. um, and while I didn't know a lot about that, the majority of people that were not financial advisors or financial planners probably were in the same boat that I was yeah, in. Yeah. And it wasn't probably very clear to them, specifically women, because, um, you know, the, the field of financial planning excel itself is a very, very male-dominated mm -hmm. industry. And um, I've talked to countless women who have said, you know, I go to these meetings and the financial advisor just talks to my husband and so I'm just mm -hmm. there, you know, or I choose not to go at all because um, it just, you know, it's it, it all goes over my head. And so I think that, you know, without being stereotypical, I think that um, in history, women weren't always included in those conversations right. anyway. Yeah. And so now when you're going through a, a huge transition where you are responsible for figuring out the financial dynamics of your life, um, you know, you need somebody who's going to be 
understanding mm -hmm. and um and and who you feel okay mm -hmm. to be vulnerable with mm -hmm. right i that's mean a, that's mm -hmm. that's a huge part of it um i i i keep the kleenex box on my table <laughs> as i'm going yeah. through it because it's, it's so much deeper than finances i mean it is yeah. it's so it's it's your sense of security am i going to be okay am i going to be taken care of um what does this look like who do i need to become to be able to support what i need to support it, there's just mm -hmm. so much deeper than just the financial piece of it but it's 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 what i love about the actual <laughs> financial planning uh, and it, it's what makes it work you know? it's what makes you so good at it because you see the whole picture of it and you've experienced it right and it's not a forget about everything we need to focus on finances it's here's what you're going through and uh, i can help you through that with different aspects of it and also we can build a roadmap roadmap to financial independence is that, right. is that fair right yes and you know if if and when um my career continues to blossom and evolve and it will be in a way that goes beyond just the financial piece yeah. of working with women going yeah. through that situation and really getting deeper into um this is this is take two on life and you know you have a huge while it's scary and overwhelming and unclear right now um it really is an amazing opportunity to think about what do i really truly want my life to look like and mm -hmm. how do i rebuild that mm -hmm. how do i start getting clarity about right. rebuilding that and moving into uh, making new rules for my life you know yeah. And um, I think that conversation in kind of interwoven into the whole financial planning, um, I, I feel so like, yes, this is, I'm so in my element right now when I'm done having a conversation with a woman and she walks away, gives me a hug and says, this is the first time I've felt like there's hope you know in a while yeah. and that just does it for me yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome so talk about creating that safe space for people to share maybe a little bit more than just what's going on financially because i i mean i think most people, if they're honest, would say that finances are highly attached to your emotions. Um, I would agree 100%, <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, it's a very emotional thing whether, you know, it's a very emotional thing to see, you know, the your, your um, bank account go up or down, right? Yeah. Um, so... Talk about how you kind of create that safe space for women to to talk about more than the numbers. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a really good question. Um, 
you know, and, and while the majority of my clients are women, I also work with couples. Okay. And sure. sometimes it's honestly the men who kind of surprise me the most. Um, I, I, I obviously feel very comfortable having conversations with women, but sometimes men really surprise me the most. And so when I am doing an initial appointment with a client or a prospect who who wants to learn more, um, I kind of take them through this little journey um, and my, my hope in doing that is that whether they end up becoming a client of mine or not, that they walk away with value, mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. feel like this hour and a half that I spent with someone new um, was a good use of my time. Yeah. So in the process of that initial appointment that I have with people, um, I go through... Um, I don't start with finances. Finances are not what I start with. Mm -hmm. I start out with really kind of um, getting to know them and having them talk about themselves, you know. Relationship Um, building. Absolutely. So first we talk about, you know, is there a concern or fear that brought you here today? Mm -hmm. Like, what was it? I I think that, like, you know, uh, and I heard this from somebody else. I I, I would be lying if I said that I was brilliant enough to make this up myself. You're brilliant. but But somebody else um said this and I was like that is so true um she's actually one of my coaches and she said you know going to the financial advisor is kind of like going to the dentist like you know you have to do it nobody really looks forward to it nobody really like likes to do it but you feel so good when you like I did it when I walk away you know like I feel like good now that I did what I know I'm supposed to be doing um so anyway, I, you know, I do understand that that's a hard thing to do. So first and foremost, I say, what prompted you to actually reach out to me today? Um, because typically there's something, you know, that, that some reason that they know that they need to pay some attention to financial issues. Mm-hmm. And so we start there and we talk through that. And then I go into just goals. What are your short-term and long-term goals? And... Um, I think that one of my biggest jobs is to help people get clear about those goals. Yeah. And it's kind of sad when you step back and think about it. I'm always shocked that people don't really have a lot of, um, and maybe goals is the wrong word. I know goal that word goals kind of rubs some people the wrong mm-hmm. way, but that they don't have like a vision of what they want or what they're trying to move towards or no. what they would right. like their life to look like or be like. Because they don't have the space to do it because nobody's ever asked them or supported them in having that conversation. Mm, yeah. Or that, yeah, that I'm just trying to survive. I'm trying to get to next yes. week or next pay period or next month, right? Like, I, I feel some of that, too, yeah. in, in that piece of it. How, how to make goal setting safe and uh, something people want to do and not a negative. Of, right. Here are all the things that I have to do now. where they can set goals. Yeah. Or and, can have a conversation. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of a natural dreamer. Like, I am a dreamer for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm always dreaming of, and visualizing and, oh my gosh, what could we, you know, I, I'm a huge, I love the idea of what is human potential and what is, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Are you guys like that? Or are yes. you a dreamer, Jess? Oh, yes. For yeah. sure. Are you? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I was just on a, I was just on a, um, talking to my therapist before we had this meeting and was talking about like oh, I want to do so much like I want to see so much done in the community and I have this idea and these ideas and these ideas and yeah yeah I, 
Yeah. I'm a big dreamer. <laughs> what about you, Eden? Do you, would yeah, you consider yourself I think a about future a lot and about potential impact and potential human impact. I think a lot mm. about doing things differently and changing things. Yeah. So disruptive, disrupting. The, yes. The, the way that we're going isn't working and it isn't serving um, a, a segment of the population or mm -hmm. all of the population. So what can we do collaboratively together? Yeah, right. And I, I facilitate teams and groups to innovate and think big and challenge status quo. Uh, so the short answer is yeah yeah, yeah you definitely yeah. are um i truly feel like we probably wouldn't be having this conversation <laughs> if you weren't both dreamers a little bit yeah right but i i am always surprised that you know there's not more people that are mm. like that mm -hmm. um i think i think that sometimes it doesn't and you kind of hit on it like you almost need permission or somebody to give you time space and permission to dream big yeah. and yeah. people yeah. do not allow themselves to do that so part of my job is truly in my opinion to help them visualize not just what they have to do in life or have to you know um do because of the responsibilities whatever those might be but really you know dream about what would you like this mm. life to look like what are you hoping to accomplish you know um and i don't mean accomplish in a run after it because i don't sometimes it's accomplishing being in the moment or you know just stopping and appreciating yeah, life that, and what you yeah. have more you know yeah. so to kind of get people talking about that and you would not believe how how many people don't allow themselves to do that so that sometimes takes a little pulling um so we do that and then we go into what i call a values exercise and um this is just a really quick little game that i use to have them quickly identify what their top values are mm -hmm. and then um kind of just talk about why that is so important to you just a one or two sentences about why that's important to you and i'll tell you what i have had big burly guys that look like you know like when they first come in and look at you they kind of are like don't you dare try to sell me something else <laughs> i don't see that as my job at all um and how in like once we get to this point of like what are your values and what yeah. you know and i have a little way of helping them quickly identify that and i'm always so surprised at how these really rough you know looking and and mm -hmm. seeming um men just are so insightful and so willing to share and um and quite i mean to be 100 percent honest i don't take on everyone that i meet with yeah. and i i kind of always joke like i don't take on mean people i just don't like i'm too old to deal with that i only yeah. take on people that i really enjoy being with and too um, experienced to do that right or, or too yeah yeah <laughs> too experienced in life yeah That's probably a nicer way to say it in it you know yeah. um and so i'm always shocked at sometimes how these men who i'm like this is probably not gonna be a good fit for me how they surprise me mm. and then it's a learning experience for me where i'm like okay shame on me for for you know jumping to that but yeah. anyway so so that's what we do kind of to to bring them out and usually by the time we go through that process um people are amazing and yeah i think sometimes just need, having someone give them time and space is such a blessing mm -hmm. you know so talk about your core values do you have a certain 
do you have a number that you think is like this is a good number of values to have oh geez have you done the values exercise <laughs> yes yeah. I, well, I only <laughs> let people pick five because the appointment is only 90 minutes long um and so they have to get really narrowed in on what their top five are yeah um but gosh, if I was going to go through that myself, I would certainly, you know, the relationships in my life are definitely the most important thing in my life. Um, um, parenting is, is huge. So obviously that relationship is, is a huge one in my life. Will you talk um, about your kids a little bit? I will. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah. Um, so relationships are big. Um, Helping people, like I said, to really, and kind of I think it goes into what you both said too about really changing the community. Like I personally don't feel like I have what it takes to change the community, but how can I contribute? It's by empowering other people to really get past fear and overwhelm and those types of things so that they can use their amazing gifts yeah. to contribute to the world in the way that yeah. they're going to contribute, you know, so, yeah. um, so relationships are very big for me um empowering others is very big for me and that includes my children um though that's what i would say is the the most and most important um you know and you know how can i say this i know i'm kind of delving into a new subject here but I think that particularly women, and I can only speak from a women woman standpoint because that's what I have experience in for the last 49 years, and um, and that's who I talk mostly to. Um, but I really think that women and and wealth are a very interesting topic. Mm. Um, I think I've I've now because I'm having these conversations with women, I'm realizing that women don't always feel comfortable with wealth. I think that, um, and I've seen this in men and women, that when you feel like you're a really good person, you feel like it's either a good person or a wealthy person. And I, yeah. I do not see it like that. I believe that um, growing wealth and having wealth is... Um, really allows us to sometimes do change the world in the ways that we yeah. want to change them and put money towards the things mm -hmm. that we feel like really truly change the world and so um, but particularly women I think struggle with that and I have come across some very influential executive women who struggle with saying I want to have wealth because I want to do good things mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah. It's almost like feeling like why I need to justify and just take enough. Like I don't want to take too much, you know, as though, you know, as though we're taking some from others if we are successful. And that is not, I don't believe yeah. the case. I think money is a fluid thing that, you know, that we spend and we receive and it's an energy, you know, just yeah. like anything else. And um, when wealth passes through our hands, we can direct um, where we want it to do well. You know, money itself is not good or bad. Money is a piece of paper or even an idea. Not even anymore a piece of paper. It's a piece of plastic or an idea, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but I really think that when you can empower good-hearted people who 
have values that align with your own, that's that's how wealth should and can be used. Um, it doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to be. I mean, yes, there's people in the world that choose to do bad things with wealth, but that is not everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I like that. We, t- we talked a little bit about right the negative stigma attached to being financially independent yeah. or being financially wealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't have to be that way and it shouldn't to be that way. Is that That's what you're describing? I do. I yeah. believe that. I really yeah. do believe. And um, again, I'm not saying women are the only ones who do this because I it's just my experience and who I typically work with. Um, women are so amazing and I can't even tell you how inspired I've been by some of the women that I've come across and man would I love to get some wealth and some um power I hate power in the sense of power to change the world Mm -hmm. like we want to change it I would love to get that in their hands because they are you know, by nature, at least the ones that I come in contact with, and I do believe you attract, you attract like, you know, um, they have great ideas and they're nurturing and they're loving and they're usually not about me, 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 me. It's usually about how can I improve situations and systems and structures and, you know, so it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, more people financially independent changes community Mm -hmm. people get to a place where they don't they aren't worried about that next paycheck or that next thing allows them to think more broadly about who they are and what they want to be and yeah yeah Yeah. you're changing community my point is you're changing community by helping individuals get to a place where they can change yeah, which right. I think is what you said. You know, yeah. and coming back to even the goal conversation that we just had a little bit ago, I don't know about you guys, but what I find as I, not only in my own life and, and surely going through the divorce and going through like different periods of in, in my life, when financial struggles are upon us, that takes a lot of energy. I yeah. mean, it's a so lot of all worry. All that you think about. You it's, can't, right? Like, it's, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. consuming, yeah. right? And, you know, think about, do you ever, do you ever think about what would I put my energy to if I wasn't constantly worried about bills and paying this and will we be okay and surviving, you know, what would that free up in your emotional and mental space to be able to truly make and put energy towards like your ideas and your dreams and the things yeah. that really truly do change the world right yeah. that really truly do push ahead um our communities yeah yeah so uh and, and to get to a place where you can have that have that space to do so and i think until you're at that space you can't think like that or you it's difficult to get to a space like that. It is. So right, once you reach financial independence, then or are on a path to it, right? Right. Um, then you can think more broadly about the impact that right. you might be able to have. 
Right. And it kind of comes back to that holistic wellness. And, you know, like how often do you hear the analogy of when you're in a plane and the air masks come down, like put it on yourself before you help everybody else because you can't do anything for anybody else Mm -hmm. unless you're okay. And I truly believe that, you know, that whole I just have that holistic view Mm -hmm. of the world that if we're okay and we're feeling like our needs are met Mm -hmm. then it frees us up to truly be to others what we can you know those superpowers that we all have Mm -hmm. that you know come to life when we actually have the time and space and energy and wellness to to put some thought space there you know um, so I, I do want to go circle back to, um, your kids and how you empowered them, but I also had a question around, um, challenges, people who maybe, I often think about, you see so much potential in someone, right? And what are some of those challenging moments that you've had where maybe the person just for whatever reason is just not willing ready there's too so much fear anxiety they're just not ready to kind of take uh, a leap for themselves because I see that so much like yeah. I, I, I there's like a number of people that come to mind when I think about oh there's so there's so much talent there's so much intelligence there's so much potential there and there's just something that's holding them back right are you sure that's not a parenting question <laughs> i mean are you sure that's not that? exactly, i mean yeah yeah, my <laughs> yeah but but like change readiness yeah right like mm. like you have the tools and the resources and you can help people and counsel people and, and help them through when do you sense that they're ready for this? And I think maybe you talked a little mm. bit about it as, you know, I only take on certain clients. If the energy isn't right, right. Or their attitude isn't right, or if they're not all in, then I can choose right. that path. But people that have that and that, yeah, what does that roadmap look like, I think is the question, right? Just yeah. of, of how do you help people that you can see get there? Or can you? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think... Um, you know the i think the cardinal rule the first rule that any coaching program goes over is to be able to recognize that people have the answers inside themselves Mm. and i think that at least old-fashioned counseling was very much Mm. about um your we as a professional or as a counselor Mm -hmm. as a therapist have this power to change people and i really um I like that idea of coaching um, and really, really seeing that each person has intrinsic value and all we can do is help them to see their value. Mm -hmm. And honestly, um, you know, I used to do this a lot in every, in every position I've had. Cause you know, I started out really, I've always been a coach just in different areas, you know? Sure, yeah. And I was very, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I think I was a little conceited thinking that I had the power to change other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that not only does that 
probably seem conceited, but it's very belittling to the person that you're meeting with because you're essentially taking away their power to do their thing mm -hmm. on the one hand. And I think that um, it's also laden with responsibility on us. And yeah. we cannot, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. we cannot... There's no power that we have to change anyone except for ourselves. That'd so be a lot to carry around. It is it? a lot. But, <laughs> yeah. but I yeah. used yeah. to feel very yeah. responsible when yeah. people wouldn't yeah. make the changes that I knew they were capable of making. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, um, at least for me in my professional world, kind of recognizing that I don't have the response. I have no responsibility here. My only responsibility is to give you time and you know I love I'm gonna keep coming back to that phrase you use giving people time and space and um maybe shine a light a little bit on the areas that they are because we all do we all have amazing things about us and we also all have some pretty horrible things about us or we would judge them as horrible and like that's just humans that's just yeah. being a human yeah. and so I think that you know whether it be history or you know the way we were brought up or the circumstances we were brought up in or whatever reason you can either focus on the good things some people focus only on the good things and some people focus only on the the things that they wish they could change about themselves and I think that coaching is really about giving them time and space to see the amazingness that they have inside mm -hmm. them and ask them what they see as things they would like to change in them, them their, themselves. Because sometimes yeah. what we want to see in them and they want to see in them are different, different. things. That's yeah. it. So they're not going to do it. what we want to see. Stop, they're only going to do what they see. Stop defining what success looks like for me. Right. Stop putting my expectations on... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That is a parenting response to it. It that is. Applies to coaching. Applies to parenting. Yeah. It applies to yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, to kind of come back to the parenting question, um, I would say that I, I'm kind of embarrassed at the parent I was in the early years. I mean, of course, I've always been someone who's very nurturing because that's just. That is my superpower. I think I'm a nurturing human. Um, I, I just really love people. And I certainly love my humans that I was gifted with, you know. Um, so I, I think I always had that going for me. But I, you know, my view of the world as an early parent was one that I needed. To, I had a perfect picture of what I thought kids and family and life was like. And I, um, I don't think of myself as a manipulative person, but I really do believe that I manipulated my fam early family life sure. to look how I felt like kids should look and be perfect and cute and behave wonderfully and being in church and all sitting in a row perfectly. And, you know, it was this idea that I felt like I was responsible for them to be like that. Mm -hmm. And then um, that really sometimes after a while for me started to feel like I didn't recognize the person that I was because I was trying to morph myself into making sure that each person in the family was behaving like they needed to behave to fit my picture of what this should look like and um and I was really not doing a good job of letting them be them mm -hmm. and not giving them space 
and time and acceptance to make mistakes and you know so honestly I think it being a parent um, going through a divorce was probably one of the best things I could have done as a parent not because I was in a horrible my ex-husband is an amazing human and I have nothing bad to say about him at all um, but for myself it was like juggle you know like juggling plates in the air and then going through a divorce was kind of like oh my god I I absolutely dropped every plate and it's just crashing around me and I think that um, kind of stepping back and just like my life is not perfect my picture of family is not perfect and letting that crash and then kind of rebuilding up and and you know that was the best parenting thing I could have done was not only allow myself to fail and to accept that it's okay it's okay failing in the sense of the word that we all have sure. come to know yeah. um, it's okay and not only is it okay but it's really crucial to allow people to fail because how are you ever going to reach goals yeah. if you're scared yep. to fail yep. and so when I stopped trying to make my family into this perfect unit of you know their behavior was a reflection of me and how happy you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it just it was so false and I didn't intentionally do that yeah but it really evolved into this thing that was very false and and not genuine right and um when I failed and I my plates came crashing down it gave me permission to allow their plates to come crashing mm. down and be them and um I truly believe that that happened at a really good time because my kids amaze me um I have two adult sons I mean young adult sons they're both in college and I have a daughter who is a freshman in high school. And, you know, the times that they have failed, that they thought I was going to lose my, I don't know if you guys swear on this, I'll <laughs> yeah. lose my stuff. I think those are the moments. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. Those are the moments that we are actually the best parents that we can be because it's in accepting yes. that, okay, you failed. So now what what's going to make this situation better? Or how, do, you know, it's it allows them to take responsibility for what went wrong mm -hmm. and to, to allow them to decide what needs to happen to make this as right as it can be. Mm -hmm. And that's a really beautiful thing Thing to not only allow yourself to do but allow to your kids to do and um, and I believe particularly I'm seeing it most in my oldest son because he is the oldest and he's kind of now launching into the world he is fearless and he yeah. is awesome and he has such confidence and I wish I was like that because man I would do some stuff if I could get over myself you know and I love 
seeing that in him. And so I'm, as much as I would never wish a divorce on them, um, getting through that very difficult time and giving them time and space to recognize, to see me fail and mm -hmm. to see their dad and I fail. Yeah. And how can we make this the best situation that we can? Um, and how can we move forward? And then allowing them to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that's parenting to me is it's not in the greatest of moments. It's in the, those mm -hmm. moments that, holy crap, what just happened? What did you do? Yeah. Okay, deep breath. <laughs> what do you think needs to happen now? And honestly, from very young on, I started asking my kids, what do you think the consequence, like, what would you do if you were the parent? What would the consequence be if you were the parent here? And sometimes they're like death row. And I'm like, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa. Yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah, like that, let's tone it back now yeah. you don't need to give that yourself that much of a consequence um and sometimes it was a little light and I'd have to talk to them about well let's just look at this you know who was hurt and who needs to be apologized to and how to you know so it, it just really gave me a way of parenting in a way that felt nurturing still even in the hardest of times and I, I think that the fruits of that, and, and I was winging it, I didn't know. I was just trying to give grace because I knew at the time I needed it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that has honestly been, in hindsight, the best parenting thing that I could have done um, because it allows them to know that you can fail and it's okay and people do and that's being human and let's try new things now because it's okay to fail. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was it was the turning point of kind of an acceptance that things will never be perfect or that I have these expectations that aren't reachable or attainable um, was the divorce. Like what or you were working towards that and yeah. right like you talked about that switch of um, how you parented or how you thought about yeah. parenting. Going through the divorce definitely was my moment of I gotta let go trying to make this look like a perfect situation yeah. and I wasn't necessarily I don't know why I, I don't know it was it I can't say it was a conscious decision decision it was the the picture I had or the vision That's I had normal. in my head yeah of perfect family yeah. and people aren't perfect yeah. so <laughs> you can't have like right? it's just yeah. ridiculous to yeah. really think about it yeah. um yeah an acceptance of that they're individuals. Right. And and they have different feelings. And, yeah. And goals and expectations. And they want to find them. They're, they are finding themselves. Yeah. And how do you support them to do that? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. even changing that whole idea of consequences into what do you think? And I feel like that actually gave them a lot of power, too, mm -hmm. to recognize um, how to apologize how to take responsibility how to make things right and how to you know how to fail gracefully <laughs> like mm -hmm. you've heard me say that term mm -hmm. before feeling gracefully how to do that gracefully and make it mean something you know mm -hmm. yeah that's a life lesson mm -hmm. uh, people struggle with that most people struggle yeah, with that i do taking, still <laughs> yeah uh, taking risks and trying something new yeah and whatever the definition of failing is, failing forward or learning from mistakes. Um, but I think it holds a lot of people back. For sure. Um, and, and you talked about that. 
Yeah. You think it still does? You, you still, you think it holds oh, you back? Oh, yes. Yeah. 100%. Yes. 100% it continues to hold me back. I'm working on it. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you'd said how you admire your son if you right yeah. i do yeah. Yeah. yeah i do he's it's funny i laugh because he loves music and he just is a band like he's not a singer but yet he'll get in front of a group of people and belt it out yeah. and like i just i'm like oh, <laughs> how does he have the guts to do that yeah. like i wish i had the confidence to be on stage to pull, what what is the application for you that you wish it's to get in front of people um, and, and i think it's you know, so I think that I've kind of come to, you know, I had this visualization of what this perfect family, I think for me in career, it's how can I show up? And in the, this day and age that is, you know, social media, yeah. how can I show up in the public and um, be very, very perfectly imperfect, yeah. you know? The and, right. Yeah, the vulnerability. Um, you talk about that, Jess, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah being very vulnerable and being real because that's truly what people want like yeah yeah um yeah it's vulnerability is so interesting especially on social media because um i think there's like there's a fine line between being vulnerable so that like relatably vulnerable yes and being um, a, like I don't even know how to how to describe it almost like uh, like there's ways that people complain that is very grating right being being more maybe like complainy or like woe is me I think there's a fine line between relatable vulnerability and everything in my life is bad and it's not going to get better. Right. Yeah. Maybe maybe an empowered vulnerability mm -hmm. maybe is what it is um, that right. I think that people really appreciate because they see you not being perfect, but they also see that there is still some there is still some inspiration and some glimmer of hope yeah. there. Right. I'm not perfect and I'm working towards getting better. Yeah. I'm not perfect and I realize that and I'm doing something about it. Right. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like uh, the difference between kind of being a victim and a conqueror. You know, a, mm -hmm. a, a victim wallows. Um, a conqueror, yeah, they give them time self to heal, but mm -hmm. it's okay how how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to move forward? How yeah. am I going to, you know, um, not let that define my life? And it's mindset stuff, you think? Me? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is why I always ask the question about the, where the, where the switch flips for people, because it seems, it seems like, I guess, going back to uh, you, everyone, each individual has within themselves to once they see their value to show their value um, to show their superpowers to operate in those spaces um, but it's 
that f switch is flipped differently for everyone. Right. Um, people talk about this idea of hitting rock bottom, and I'm I'm not sure that that's necessarily a thing. I don't know. <laughs> and now I'm just like talking, but yeah, I think it is mindset, but I don't know how you get there. Right. Hitting rock bottom isn't the thing. I think, I mean, it's a thing, yeah. but it's not the I don't only know, path to yeah, I don't better. think that it's necessarily the only, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's other, because who's to say what is, what is rock bottom for Right, because each person defines their own rock it's bottom. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right, right. Each person has their own enough is enough. <laughs> yeah. Right. I get from from the from a different perspective this idea of of uh, thinking about the perfect family. Um, I remember in my formative years in middle school is when my parents divorced, and I had the this idea of that they would never divorce, right? Like that that we were different somehow. Yeah. Um, that, that we were not the statistic. And for a long time, because uh, it was my dad who, who made that decision, for a long time I was very mad at him. But then understanding it as I got older, I realized, I understood what the situation was and why that, that needed to, right. to be done and had um, was able to later you know, in my adulthood, extend much more grace to, to him and um, in, in that situation. But in my, you know, middle school mind, I'm like, you know, I was not very kind to my dad <laughs> because I was, you know, obviously you're 12, 13, 14, going through your own hormonal stuff. Right. But... And developmentally yeah. speaking, you know, the world revolving around you at right. 12, 13, yeah. 14 yep, is exactly. completely, like, right yeah. and correct and appropriate. Um, yeah. How could you do this to me? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I think mm. divorce is such a funny thing, too, because even though it is so common, I mean, we all know people who have gotten divorced or have been themselves mm. or come from divorced families. Everyone does. But being common doesn't make it I think we sometimes mistake because there's an incredible lack of direction about how to get through something mm. like that even though you think there would be just so many resources and such mm -hmm. a common um just such a I don't know a, a mainstream way of how to get through that right. and um I felt nothing like that as I was going through my divorce, it felt very taboo mm. to talk about. Right. Um, it's a hard thing to talk about. Still yeah. today, yeah. It, it is yes. a hard thing to talk about. Um, and I'm with you in terms of what support and guidance we could provide. Right. Or should, the communities should provide, both to those going through it and kids and families and what that looks like. It probably exists somewhere, um, maybe not as accessible as it needs to be or could be. Right. So kind of coming round full circle, um, you know, as I expand my 
career and my practice, one of the things that I like to talk to women about a lot is um, being leadership in divorce. And I really think that um, somebody has to be the leader through divorce. And I think that there's some really beautiful ways that that can happen. Um, and that I really think that we need to start talking about. Um, but again, that could probably be all. Yeah, give us a little snippet. Yeah, give us a little. Um, can I do another glass of wine? Is there more wine? Oh, yeah. oh yes. It's I almost. It's almost <coughs> time for drinking anyway. I'll, yeah. I'll take a little <laughs> bit about it. It's almost that. an appropriate time to have another glass of wine. <laughs> These aren't live. People don't know. <laughs> it's like six o'clock at night right now. Don't pay attention to the position of the sun. <laughs> it's almost it's almost noon, so we can uh, feel better about the second glass of wine because it's almost noon. Um, I, I you know, and I think I need to do some more exploring about this, but. You know, when I was going through my divorce, and I think that I can't come from a very, um, <laughs> entitled is the word that comes to my mind. Mm. I don't know if that's the accurate term or not, but I come from a very entitled place in the fact that I, for 15 years, taught families how right. to go through stuff like mm. this. Well, I think that's some of it, though, right? Yes. You had that ideal. You were a, you were a, uh, an expert in this space. Yes, As before right. I even thought. Right. I mean, divorce never even crossed my mind yeah. for you know during those fifteen yeah. years, and so um, you know, good, bad, right, wrong. I had a vision of what I, you know, okay, I'm accepting the fact that divorce is going to be part of our family's story. Um, so, what do I want in the perfect scenario? What do I want divorce to look like? Mm. And a number one is I want my kids to feel loved through this. Mm -hmm. I want yeah. them to feel yeah. secure through this. Mm -hmm. And I want them to feel like um, mom and dad are never, ever, ever going to be anything but all for you. Yeah, that, that's not um, common. I think, yeah. uh, uh, right? That, Agree. Yeah, that, that, that as, as a, a number one goal of that, that um, a lot of kids don't feel that. Right. A lot of kids get caught in between. Yes, in and used as pawns and oh, used right. as yeah. hurting yeah. mechanisms and um, and you know, right. I so I I really decided that and I had that conversation with my ex husband and my ex husband one hundred percent felt the same way yeah. that no matter what decision that we were going to make and how we were going to do it no matter how much we each personally felt hurt in our own situation mm -hmm. we were going to do our best to make sure that we always put that them first and that changed the dynamic of every conversation that we've had <laughs> yeah it yeah. kind of shifted the um the whole manner of divorce for us um you know we obviously were hurting people hurt through that but it wasn't the how can i hurt the other person it's okay mm -hmm. let's now continue to be a team we're we're accepting the fact that we're going to let each other go um we're accepting the fact that we are are in agreement that we're not going to hurt each other mm -hmm. in the future um, and how do we do this? How do we, do, you know, and so right. just having a really 
good conversation with him. And so I'm not saying this is always a perfect thing. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying that he never gets upset with me and I never get upset with him for different things because you are connected as people Mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. You just Mm -hmm. are if you have kids. And however, if I approach any conversation with that focus of, you know, okay, I know we both want what's best for the kids, so how are we going to approach this? Mm -hmm. Or... um, when things seem to be a little fuzzy i know it's time to maybe walk away from different conversations Mm -hmm. and i just kind of leave it with we always figure it out in the end so i trust Mm -hmm. that we're going to do that but we'll talk more later kind of things Uh because you know you know and that always i feel like leaves it in a tone of he comes back to yeah 100% those kids are most important and you know I, I recognize that I have a very wonderful opportunity to do that because he does and I know that not every human is yeah. designed like he is or like I am or like you know um, but I do believe that we can talk to people in a manner that helps them to listen versus a manner that gets them defensive. Mm. And I think that if we can teach more parents, whether it be women or men, women just are the people that I focus on, how to be those leaders through those situations, oftentimes we can teach people how to talk so that others will listen to us um, and hear us and value that you know um, (laughs) remember that you know this isn't the worst human on the planet as much as we might feel like that at certain moments they're not because at one point we fell in love with them and Mm -hmm. at one point we thought we want to build a life with them and at one point we decided to have kids with them you know so there is good in them we might not always want to look at that, but, you know, it's kind of a theme, actually, as I'm speaking it out loud. Like, I truly feel like sometimes my job in life is just to hold the flashlight on the best parts of people. Mm. And that, mm. in turn, like brings that. the best out of people, yeah. you know? And I think that that's true in almost any scenario. It's empathetic communication, which is something that... I myself am only just now learning. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of people don't um, don't have necessarily that ability, or um, not ability, but maybe they just don't know that how to communicate in an empathetic way. Right. Yeah. And I think when you're particularly talking about divorce, many people feel like victims yeah. and versus, you know, mm-hmm. the person who is, okay, how are we going to make it forward? And yeah. um, and not everybody is going to be able to, on a dime, flip the switch, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that somebody has to be the leader through those situations mm-hmm. and be able to communicate in a way that recognizes that, you know, we might not have worked out. But that doesn't mean I think you're a horrible human yeah. or that you're a horrible parent. And I know how important that is to you. So how can we make this a situation that our kids still feel 100% mm-hmm. like they are our, our priority? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. 
We talk about self-care and balance. Uh, that was a topic area that we wanted to talk about. Uh, what keeps you energized and motivated? Uh, what's a, a, the routine, the daily routine that you have and how important that is to you? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's very important. It's sacred. Yeah. Um, I am an early riser. Uh, so I get up at 5 a.m. every day. Um, and then I spend some time, quiet time, uh, journaling every day. And that's been my saving grace you know, and that was an intuitive thing because before I even studied, I can, in high school, I would frantically write my feelings, you know, like when I couldn't actually scream at someone, I would... Who taught you how to do that? Who modeled that? That was natural to you? That I was don't. A, where'd you pick that up? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I wish I knew. Yeah. My dad, um, I, I used to, my dad is a very, like had very high expectations and he's a wonderful man but it was not always easy being his daughter and um you know I am you know today I keep wiping my eyes it's because I have horrible allergies but typically you know I'm I'm very easy to cry when I see someone in pain like the the tears start coming like that's definitely a a me yes it is it's it it whatever it is me I don't whether it's healthy or not I like to think it's healthy because it's me you know and I can't stop it my yeah. mom used to say to me, honey, how are you ever going to be a counselor? Because you're just going to cry all yeah. the time. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I guess they're going to have to deal with that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so I think that early on I would get, like, I'd have a point to prove, but I knew that I I wouldn't be able to go talk to my dad without completely breaking down and look, mm. looking like an emotional mess. And I didn't want to do that because I wanted to get my point across, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I think it started because... You can because relate, Jess. Yeah. You can relate? Okay. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not easy to cry, but if I'm super passionate about something, yeah, I do feel like I have to kind of hold the emotion back a little bit so that I can be taken seriously. Uh, Yeah, it's a thing. And I don't have that ability to hold the emotion back. I just don't. I Like, I absolutely did not get that gene if it's a gene. I don't know. (laughs) I don't have that. Um, so, So when I would want to get my point across and not just have my tears be the only thing that my dad saw, I wanted to actually talk to him about something I started writing to him and you know I was the youngest so it probably a lot of this perception of my dad was just by watching him with each one of my sisters and so by the time it got to me I knew that I had to approach things in a different way to Mm -hmm. him Mm -hmm. and so I started writing him letters when I was really whatever when I got in trouble or when something happened and I I felt like I needed to say my piece you know um and so I started writing him letters and I would put him on his pillow and then I would hide like you know just wait for him to read (laughs) it and see what happens yeah that's awesome that you thought to do that yeah I don't I I think it was probably more stubborn you know like (laughs) I'm gonna get my point across and I don't know how I'm gonna do it but I'm gonna do it so I would do that and um the first time I did that, he came to me and, 
you know, I, I'm a lot like my dad, so I hope that it never sounds like I'm talking about him badly, but he mm. is a person who demands respect. I mean, nobody messes with my dad. He's mm. a very powerful person, and he has incredibly high expectations of every single human in his life. Like, mm. you don't do things half-assed when mm. you are in my dad's vicinity. You just don't. Um, and so he is not one to easily admit that he's wrong that's not one of his strong suits um but he is an incredibly effective human and probably the smartest person i know um sorry just got a little emotional there um um, so anyway I did that for the first time, and I saw a side of my dad that I had never seen before in my life. He actually came to me. I was going to bed, and he came to me and sat on my bedside, and I hear you, you know? And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I was like, wait, that works? So I think that's probably how the journaling thing started. Um, So, yeah. I mean, that's a really emotional thing, though, when you have somebody who you see in a certain light and then they are willing to see you right, in a way that maybe you was, an un- was unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. A changing communication method yeah. as a way to say the way that I have been communicating before. Right hasn't worked effectively or let's try something else many ways to communicate now more so now than than back in the day of course mm-hmm. but right uh, try a different method and see what impact that might have right like because there's there's different ways to share message and communication and thoughts and feelings yeah. Um, so yeah your first experience in journaling was writing letters to describe how you were feeling and, and, yeah and now you use that as uh, a method to get thoughts out or to process yeah. thoughts or for all of the reasons that you would regularly journal absolutely yeah. everything i bet you yeah. i have filled up 50 journals in my lifetime if not more um i do i it's it's when i it's when i'm be feeling creative it mm-hmm. pours out mm-hmm. it's when i'm feeling sad it pours out if, if i'm feeling happy and excited it pours out and again usually comes out in a very creative this is the next thing that's going to happen i i'm a big believer in in being very clear about what you want to do have and be in this life and i routinely come back to journaling that out um and i just it's it's been like my therapist i've completely unloaded and there have been times where i have literally written something tore it out and shredded it because Mm -hmm. i would Mm -hmm. die if some human Mm -hmm. actually read what i had written but it gave me that way of getting it out and processing it um and i also believe you know again i i I don't necessarily believe I'm a religious person, but I'm a very spiritual person. So whatever you call higher power, Mm -hmm. um, I truly believe that that is how, for me, higher power comes through Mm -hmm. and kind of Mm -hmm. helps to guide me and um, really help me to process life. Mm -hmm. It's perspective shifting. Um, I feel think at least as I experience journaling um, often 
getting some thoughts down, you seeing it, seeing the words on the page shifts perspective. Right. And that can facilitate then growth and maybe thinking about things in a different way. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And why, why I say higher power is because sometimes when those shifts happen or, feels, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, that did not come from me. That came, I mean, or it came through me. I get that, but mm-hmm. it was not originated in me. <laughs> uh, sometimes the way that I speak about, um, enlightenment, cause there's a, a in yoga, there's philosophy where, um, there's like a whole like eight limb path or whatever. And the, the last final thing is enlightenment. Right. Okay. And I sometimes will joke. Um, I have joked in my class cause I focus more on physical movement of the body. Um, but I've sometimes joked and if you ever get to enlightenment, let me know. Cause, <laughs> um, I haven't, but I will sometimes talk about enlightenment as epiphany. Right. It's a more, I think, concrete way to think about it. Most yeah. of us um, who have lived for any significant amount of time have had some epiphany, some light bulb moment in our lives. And while, yeah, so that's kind of how I think about yeah. um, like that spiritual space. It's right. really just light bulb moments that right. maybe shift you into a direction that is suddenly more helpful than maybe even expected. Right. The journaling that I've started doing helps me just understand that this is a place and time, that these are thoughts and feelings that I was feeling on the date that Mm. I wrote this journal Mm -hmm. entry. This doesn't define who I am or what I will be or what I can be. Mm -hmm. These are the things and the challenges maybe in my dreams for this day and then to kind of go back and reflect on it and see, has anything changed? Have yeah. you grown from that? Um, that helps me get it out of my mind, out of my brain, on a tangible piece of paper, and then sometimes revisiting. Say, I okay, love that. A week later or two weeks later, are you still in this thought space? Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to get the hell out of this yes. thought space? If it's negative, for that for that case. Right? I like, love that. Yeah. I think that um, almost as powerful as journaling itself is um, going back and rereading. You know, I yeah. think that that's that's a newer thing that I've been doing. I I didn't used to do that, and I love that. I really do. I love that. I like that idea too, and it makes me think about editing, right? Just mm. in writing in general, when you're writing an article or a book yeah. or a blog post, yeah. and you go back and you're basically, in this case, kind of editing your life. It's a new way of thinking about it. It's yeah. it's not, this is garbage and it wasn't true and it doesn't matter. It is, this is where I was when I wrote this, and now I may yeah. be thinking differently about it. Or I've done something about it to, to revise it. Yeah. Right, I, like the, the, I do. Uh, the, the initial draft, the rough yeah. draft is real and true. And it's not that it wasn't good. It's just that, oh, you can grow from where yeah. that is. Yeah. But you can choose to grow. Yeah. You can change it or not. I think right. that's where yeah, I get yeah, like yeah. in the empower piece and of the, it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. there's power in, in choosing one way or the other. Um, yeah. So... What else? 
<laughs> yeah, there was one that I think we're getting close. This is incredible. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your yeah, stuff. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Thank you for creating the space. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, love it. The piece of advice that you would give to your younger yes. self. Oh, yeah. gosh. Pieces of advice, and maybe yeah. you're doing some of that. You know, um, I think I think exactly what I... You know, and it's not... Uh, I always... I think it's the life, you know, I think I'm a, I'm, I'm a tad older than both of you and maybe you felt this too, but I certainly feel like it was the generations prior to me and still in my generation and you guys can speak to, uh, again, I don't think we're, it's not like we're 40 years apart or anything, but um, is I think school and life and, you know, I went to a Catholic school and um, just everything kind of revolved around um, you need to be perfect. Uh, you need, there's an expectation ideal, that right? you need yeah. to be perfect. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I, I had talked earlier about going through the divorce and recognizing like, I'm so far from perfect in my life right now is so far from perfect. And then also giving my kids that space to be like, it's okay. Cause that, that per, that place of imperfection is actually where we are human and where we grow um so i think that if i could go back i would be more cognizant of that that's not what i was told that's not what i was taught that was not what was okay in school that was you know you sit there and you behave perfectly and like that was not the expectation but i wish now that i could go back and be like you don't need to be this perfect just quiet sit there you know kind of person mm -hmm. like it's okay to have yeah. a voice it's okay to sometimes piss people off because it's also really important to learn how to forgive and to apologize mm -hmm. and how to you know it, it's all okay to not be perfect and to fail and to move forward and I, I really really sometimes wonder and I I don't regret anything and I don't wish it were different in any way but I do sometimes wonder what would my life look like if I wasn't afraid to fail if I yeah. wasn't afraid to be brave mm -hmm. if I wasn't afraid of being self-conscious and um, what would people think and oh my gosh you know blah. Um, I, I just, I really wish I could see what my life would have been like if I didn't have that filter of, what is this going to look like? What are other people going to think? You know, what if I fail? What if I don't do it perfectly? What if, you know, God, mm -hmm. right? Find that sooner in life. Or yes. right, like, yeah, because yes, you can I still, I mean, to yeah, see that, you, you still that. have an opportunity to I do, to and I, it's, it and is 100% like my main focus right yeah. now is to, is to, move forward despite fear yeah mm. yeah mm -hmm. for sure <laughs> yeah. yeah i love that this is awesome was there anything else that you wanted to anything burning on your heart i don't think so we talked that about was, a lot yeah, of stuff that was really good yeah. yeah it was wonderful thank you so much beth for being on and yes. sharing your your journey yes and cheers thank you for yes. sharing a glass of wine <laughs> yes. and cheers. and great conversation you're awesome Beth. thank you and the time and the space yep. thank you yep. <laughs>